Hey, everybody. Thank you so, so much for downloading and listening to this show. I sincerely, really, truly do appreciate it. I do have one small favor to ask, though. With New Year's approaching, I'm sure you're making plans for the New Year, perhaps New Year's resolutions. Why not resolve to rate, review, and subscribe to The Tully Show? As a matter of fact, don't even bother resolving to do it another day. Do it right now. It takes like two seconds. Just tap the little star thing. I'd love five stars, but, you know, vote vote your conscience vote with your heart thank you in advance for doing that and enjoy the show okay you ready to start this show uh your host of the evening is a really funny dude um i forgot his last name but i've seen him before he's really funny uh give it up for mike coming to you live on tape from the lucky 13th floor of a commercial high-rise in beautiful Beverly Hills adjacent California. From the studios of Sirius XM West, boasting an obstructed view of the world-famous Hollywood sign. This is The Tully Show. I am your host, Mike Tully. Joining me today, as heard frequently on Faction Talk's own Jason Ellis Show, and as heard weekdays on Dr. Drew Midday Live with Mike Catherwood here in Los Angeles. Hello once again, friend, Mike Catherwood. Hey, hey. Thank you. It has been a while since I have... I've spoken to you off air, mm-hmm. but it's been a while since I've spoken on air, Mike Catherwood. It, a lot longer than usual. Yeah. Right? Yeah. This is when you uh, clean it up and get rid of all the... Uh, misogynistic hate speech yeah yeah well i mean that's that's really my wheelhouse (laughs) (laughs) so what i wanted to talk to you about and there's way more than an hour's worth of stuff to talk about is to do like a little bit of a year in review thing you talk about issues on dr drew midday live with mike catherwood i do yeah a lot how like was that something that you wanted to do is that a passion of yours or was that more of like i want to do a show and the station says well we're kind of a newsy thing so that's what you're gonna do Yes and no. I mean, I, I definitely had a desire to talk about more weighty issues. Okay. And um, one, because like it it kind of forced me into an, an uncomfortable place, which I always thought was a good thing, especially with Loveline. I was really getting paid to be myself. I mean, there was you can't do any show prep for a show that has 30 calls and it's that's based around the calls. You don't there's no way I don't have to prep any topics. There's no, so Wait, Loveline I'm, got to be hold on. I feel like I feel like a Vicodin just kicked in <laughs> a radio show with where where prep is not only frowned upon but impossible. It's it's impossible. You just yeah. show up and talk. So Drew and I didn't even have to feel like we were being lazy oh, showing up in the talking. middle of the night and just kind of sitting there and taking phone calls. Right. And so I, I definitely uh, was excited about the idea of talking about issues and and doing my own kind of show prep, but at the same time. My ego, I think, kind of liked the fact that I've been lucky enough to be in radio my entire adult life, but I never really got the sense that I was sitting at the big boy table when it came to being a broadcaster. And I then, understand that. You know, working at the Sean Hannity AM station and, and these these kind of old-fashioned, very uh, well-respected, maybe not liked politically, but well-respected far, as far as broadcasting, it gave me a sense that I was, you know, looked at as like a, a real broadcaster. I wasn't talking about farts and periscopes. Yeah, I understand that. Right, well, because I think everybody who's been doing radio, it's pretty much just a product of the FM era and then particularly post-Howard Stern. It's mm-hmm. like the joke is we're, we hate radio, but we're doing, every radio guy will leave with that. Now, I fucking hate radio. Yeah. But, I yeah, I don't like love radio, but I would hate to spend my entire life doing a thing that I'm doing like, tongue-in-cheek and sarcastically and i understand you wanted to do radio among people who like wear suits to work and have breath that smells like coffee right right exactly and and uh yeah, me too i get and, that and you know yesterday i it's not exactly the most um the most exciting when it comes to in comparison to things that are personally exciting for me but you know i got to talk to mike huckabee, mike huckabee and the governor of alabama you know, on the heels of the Roy Moore, um, the Roy Moore vote, and, and and subsequently him losing that much much talked about election, at the center of it is the governor of said state, and I got to talk to him, and there was a sense that like, oh my gosh, my parents would be really proud of me, and and it the- just feels cool to touch the the players at the center of history making events, right, right, right. yeah, for sure. 
Um, and and so that that I definitely think was one of the more exciting aspects of doing it, and then and that's what drew me to it. But then I had no idea when I started doing the daytime talk show two years ago that we were going to go into this world, right? Of of just zero subtlety, zero nuance. Everything's black and white. I yell at you if you it even slightly disagree with me, or if you bring up just play devil's advocate, you're going to get in trouble. Um, yeah, yeah, it's been a bad time for that as someone who leans pretty heavily on that myself. Yeah. Well, okay, two things. First of all, I should point out that by the time people hear this, it may be as much as like two weeks after we record it. So a lot of the stuff that we talk about is going to be rendered um, different or if not entirely irrelevant sure. by then. <laughs> but ha- having said that, the reason I had you here is because I wanted to do like an hour of big boy radio. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about um, the events that have happened in and affected the world in the last year and what i want to talk about is not necessarily the biggest news stories of 2017 but like the most 2017 stories of 2017 the things that epitomize these very very strange times that we live in i i I mean i i gotta go harvey weinstein right at the top yeah yeah yep yep. it's not only the biggest story Mm -hmm. like you'd say but in in 40 years They'll look back on this as the year that relationships between men and women utterly changed overnight, or, or at least over a couple weeks. Right. So I, I want to go through them chronologically, but since you brought it up, let's talk about that. Is it for? Is it forever? Has something I don't know. has has something changed forever? Meaning for the 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 as far into the future as one is able to see, because things will you know three hundred years from now, who knows? But. It kind of seems like there is no going back from this. I was talking to somebody that we both know yesterday about having spent some time around a celebrity, a well-known leading man type, and saying that this guy is very, very touchy-feely and affectionate with every single woman that he comes in contact with. And that's just kind of his way, and it's really hard to tell just meeting him briefly if that is some uh, uh, the tip of a darker iceberg or right. if he's just a very, very friendly guy or, or he's something. he's just Italian. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But that guy kind of can't change who he is and mm-hmm. apparently is not – and I know, as far as I know, the guy's not doing anything wrong – is choosing to not change the way he is. But he is very close to the end of his run as a celebrated guy. Four people coming up. The next Harvey Weinstein. The next – Brad Pitt or whoever you want to say, does that guy always know from the get-go, I I operate by the same rules as every other man on, on planet Earth. I am not above the law. If that's the big change forever, I hope so. But if we're now living in this world where accusation equals guilt and then man gets his entire life destroyed, I don't think we can go on like this. Uh, otherwise, I mean, can you realistically say, if things stay exactly the same as they are right now, you can't have a... F- a male nominee for president in 2020. There's no man on earth that could weather the storm of zero accusations. Once you start weaponizing those accusations, and then it's like, hey, Joe Biden has a picture from 1993. You got to see this. Do you ever see the videos of him being weird with kids? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, there you go. Yeah. And, and there may be nothing to that. And all these are is literal White House photo ops. This mm-hmm. is not at a, you know, at, a, at a Ramada Inn or anything. No. But he just gets around a kid and while he's talking to him, he's just like running his hand over their face and he's very, he's, he's uh, I, it might make me uncomfortable if a man who did not know my child, who was not the Vice President of America, touched <laughs> my child the way Joe Biden apparently habitually touches children. And it, and, in public. And trust me, it's triple fold when you have a daughter. Because I know you have a son, and it, it, things just get amplified so much more where you're like, don't talk to my daughter like that. Right, <laughs> right. I hear that. I Jim hear Jeffries that. has a great joke about how he took his son, who is at the time was probably like around five, um, to the gym with him and then was going to go to the gym daycare you know, while he worked out. And he brought his son, and the girl who ran the daycare looked at him. He's like, is that my little boyfriend? And came and gave him a kiss on his forehead. And Jim Jeffries said, now imagine if some dude, (laughs) some 25-year-old guy is like, is that my little girlfriend? And kissed your daughter on the face. It would be out of – I I wouldn't even know what to do. It would seem so surreal. Right, right, which is where I think maybe there's going to have to be a bit of a reckoning that there are some double standards that exist kind of for a reason Mm -hmm. and that there are reasons why we are able to – we assume – 
we would continue to assume innocence on the part of adult women dealing with little boys mm-hmm. when we might presume the specter of guilt when the situation is reversed. I think that's why we're in such a problematic place is because at the same time as we're being told women deserve to be treated with respect and you can't abuse power as a man and patriarchal society has to go away. Yeah. We're also being told uh, women are just like men. We're exactly the same. No difference. No, uh, Your double standards have stand – they do not belong anywhere in this world. And it's like, well, no. The, yeah. It become, and, and then and then obviously what, what people are really getting at if they don't want to say it is your double standards don't make sense – don't work when they don't work to my favor as a woman. But they're – I've talked to female comics who just – I go, what do you guys think about – you know, you, some of you guys will like post like cleavage shots and stuff and then, you know, you, you, you wonder why guys get – down on on that and 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 they go yeah man i hate i hate to do it but it gets so many likes Mm -hmm. and well if that and these couple of female comedians don't speak for the entire female comic community but if that's the way you feel then people are going to continue you know you want that double standard clearly when it when it suits you and i saw there was a thing going around yesterday i get all kinds of weird stuff sent to me as i guess everyone does nowadays of like joy behar grabbing robin williams dick over her pants in some photo op from obviously a while ago since it's robin williams and people going oh oh see so it's okay it's okay and you know what yeah yeah it is yeah it was super fucking okay totally okay here's the here's the rule for here's here's your single standard across the board if you're gonna grab somebody's crotch you gotta know it's okay yeah that's simple i don't there's probably a crotch i can get away with grabbing oh i'm sure there is not you can many. grab mine if you'd like. I was, I was, I was shooting. I was actually uh, flattering myself to presume that there might be a female crotch or two that I can. I'm grab. sure there are those too. I just don't have any available. You I just... wanted to let you know that mine, <laughs> mine is here for the touching. But you gotta know. Yeah, I can't. Uh, I don't think there's ever been a crotch I've touched that wasn't someone I fucked. Like I can't imagine right. there yeah. being a girl in my life where I was like, I'm gonna touch her genitals just for laughs. But we're not having sex? That doesn't make any sense. It, the, here's a double standard. It's because guys don't have breasts. Yeah. Because you maybe did know a woman that at one point, as a joke, you could grab her breast. Yeah. In the right moment with the right person, obviously. Mm-hmm. And the equivalent would be if she grabbed your dick as a joke sometimes. Well, is that the equivalent? Because, I mean, I, I'm uh, insecure, so I'm Mr. Macho Man that lifts weights all the time. And and in the past, way in my earlier mid twenties, I was like really buff. Um, and that it seemingly said to all females, "Oh, this guy can just is is my little rag doll. I can touch his ass and his biceps and his pecs, even if I don't really know him that well. And I and that's just fine. Mm-hmm. And I I never felt quote unquote sexually harassed, but." That, I mean, that happened a lot by superiors at work, female superiors at work, and be like, "You got to see this guy's abs." To some random girl I've never met in my life, and she'd be like, "Come on, show him, show him," and then like grab my chest, you know. And I just can't even fathom the the all, you know. You'd have to be like Gene Simmons to do the opposite, you know. Like, show me, show me your labes, please. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But it is again. It is a double standard. It's everybody's going to be on their best behavior moving forward. But not all crimes are. Created one equal. should be welcomed. I mean, a lot of these accusations are coming out now that I go, well, that guy's not sexually harassing you. He's just being a dick, and he's a dick to everyone in his life. Mm-hmm. I'm sure all his employees. You know, a mm-hmm. lot of these like, and he would he created a hostile work environment by constantly cussing and screaming at employees. And it's like, well. That has nothing to do with you having a vagina. Yeah. That has nothing to do with sexual harassment. That's just, he's a dick boss. And right. believe me, I've had many. Did you, I'm sure you are familiar with the the documentarian Morgan Spurlock mm-hmm. yeah. out, outed himself. It'll be a couple weeks ago by the time people hear this. And the funny thing is, okay, none of us were in the room with this the sexual encounter. Mm-hmm. But it almost seemed like he, I told my wife the, the, the broad outlines of it. And she said, it sounds like he felt left out of being accused of, of sex crimes right. because if you really need that's if you felt the need to out yourself but that's all you did is you had a sexual encounter with somebody where you were friendly and she said no and then she said yes and then later on wrote a short story saying i wasn't cool with that that is not cool blah 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 that's that in and of itself should not be a career destroying absolutely uh, not, incident right. and then you called your your assistant sex pants 
but never like it never went beyond that. Right. And then you cheated on your wives and girlfriends, and you're an alcoholic. You're just a dick. Yeah. You're a dick. It's you gotta get not, your shit together. It's still not a crime to be a dick. Absolutely not. Right. And we can't. We can't start legislating assholes because no, no. That's just. And as I've said many times in the Jason Ellis show, the internet demands the ultimate price for every single crime. Yeah. And that's the problem is we're going to have to figure out a place. And we can talk about this after we go through a couple more of these. Can we get to a place where the internet can moderate its sense of the justice that it demands and that some things require an apology and other things require banishment? Sure. Because right now it seems like banishment is the answer to everything. And with Bill Cosby and Harvey Weinstein, Mm -hmm. that might be okay. You know, that's Oh, some people deserve to be banished. Probably make no mistake the protocol that we need to enact. You were banished. Um, but you know, for guys who Matt Lauer feels pretty banished. Yeah. He has his Lex (laughs) Luthor weird rape button that he has on his desk. Um but for some people like Al Franken, who my coworker is was the first accuser, Leanne Tweeden. Yeah, and you know I go and do radio with her every day, five days a week, and and she's like, I never intended for him to not be a senator anymore. And she it's said that, and, and, and people have forgotten that, and I remember that right off the bat. She's like, I mean, I don't think he should lose his job or anything. I'm just saying it's kind of fucked up. Yeah, yeah, I've said it a million times. You, 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 you grab a couple asses. You got to apologize. You make a career of grabbing cocks. You get fired. Yeah. You have sex with underage girls. You go to jail. It's it's like very clear. I have a uh, a Kevin Spacey loves dick story. Please. I went to see my wife in a play, and at the time she was just the girl I was dating, and I didn't know anyone that was going to be there to su- uh, also support her. I I just had been dating her maybe like four or five months, but enough that I would go and support her in her like endeavors. Yeah. So I go to see her at this play, and it's here locally in Los Angeles, and and I meet up with her, the one friend of hers that I do recognize. It was this uh, guy that she like used to work out with, and um, he is with this other group of people, and one of them happens to be Kevin Spacey. Okay. So at intermission, I go over to the person I recognize. I'm like, hey, Matt, what's up, dude? He's like, hey, Mike, uh, I'm glad you came to see Bianca. And, I'm like, oh, yeah. and all of a sudden, Kevin Spacey starts talking to me. Now, I'm in, uh, automatically intimidated. He's a massive A-list, A-list superstar celebrity. Mm-hmm. Then I realize, oh, my gosh, Kevin Spacey and I are talking for the entire intermission. Kevin Spacey and I are having like le- a legitimately interesting conversation, and it seems like about this about what do you recall? Religion, mm. world news, yeah, uh, well, uh, that's politics. How, that's how I hit on people too. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I go deep. It's the only thing I've got. I, I've, never, well, been yeah, good, I've no. never been good at small talk. And he's bringing up, you know, uh, his feelings on political ideas, and but being very kind of objective about things. He wasn't being super Hollywood Libby guy. Yeah. And we're having a real conversation, and I'm like. Dude, Kevin Spacey thinks I'm cool. Kevin Spacey wants to hang out with me. So then I go and I sit next to Kevin Spacey at the play. Yeah. Is this when is this when you were uh, walking six pack? Yeah, I mean I was probably like walking four pack. <laughs> okay. You know, I mean I wasn't there was a time when I was walking sixteen pack. You know, okay. and like I wasn't there. Would, I wasn't... Would, would would female superiors in your professional life still be putting you on display in the office in this era? Probably. Okay, probably. okay, okay. And I was wearing a suit. All right, I was you know, I was like giving it my best. You know. Every girl's crazy about a sharp dressed man. Yeah, and so is Kevin Spacey. <laughs> so is Kevin Spacey. Um, and uh, and we go out after for drinks and and everything. Well, and you sat next to him after the intermission. After the so for the rest of the play, no, which no, was probably no, like no, no, no happy, no hands? touching, All no right. touching. Um, but leaning over and whispering to me. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I yeah. Be seduced by Kevin Spacey. I know. And then so we go to the. You know, we, I meet up with my my. Now wife and and I give her her flowers and we do the whole backstage play thing. Then we go to some other place to have drinks. So we get there. Sure enough, we're at the like little restaurant thingy and restaurant bar, and he sits right next to me. He's got a got a drink, offers me a drink. I was like, oh no, I don't drink. I'm an alcoholic. Then we get in this another conversation about drugs and alcohol, and he gets up to go to the bathroom, and he is now like like pasted next to me, and I'm thinking, oh my god, I have a bromance with Kevin Spade. We're gonna be boys. I'm now friends with Kevin Spacey. This is amazing. Can't wait to tell everybody that my new friend is Kevin Spacey. He only, up, he only wanted you for that sweet ass. Gets up to go to the bathroom, and the guy, Matt, that I knew seems over, who is also gay, because he's like, um, you know you know what's going on here, don't you? I was like, no. no what, what, do you, what do you mean? Like, Kevin, Kevin's gay. He doesn't, you know, he's not out about it, but he's gay, and uh, he's got, he's looking at you like a, 
like a sirloin. He's ready to, to pounce. I was like, but, but I just, he knows I'm with Bianca dating. He's like, yeah, this is, it's not slowing him down, buddy. I just wanted to give you a heads up. I'm not saying you got to do anything about it. It's your business. But, and I was so defeated. I was so deflated. And sure enough, yeah, I ended the night, you know, like going home with my now wife and I say goodbye and he asked for my number and stuff. And Did you give it to him? Yeah. But he, did he ever contact you? No. Do you think that's because, like, I could almost imagine a, a, a guy in his position every night, like, a, there's a quote I'm fond of from Robert Plant. He said something to the effect of there was, a, like, a five-year period of time or maybe ten-year where I was either having sex, just had sex, or was on my way to have sex. <laughs> yeah. And for Kevin Spacey, unless he, like, and uh, you are a very attractive man, Mike Catherwood. Thank you. But, Unless you were really like something he rarely got his hands on, tomorrow night was just going to yeah, be no. another night. And and to you don't when when you get the fish on the hook, you don't want to text it the next day to finish catching. Sure, it. you just want to finish. The and thing. I was like, and maybe maybe the fact that he knew that you were with a woman threw him off ever so slightly. I was like thirty three, thirty two yeah. at the time. I'm probably a little old for him. Like what he? Yeah, there's he, already a new model on the streets of Hollywood. I wasn't a twink anymore. <laughs> uh, he did get. To know that I was straight, or at least put up the appearance of being straight, you know, because I, and um, after that guy told me, I do think that at least subconsciously I was giving off more of a, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 like yeah, a, yeah. A, a, a protective vibe, you know? right? But that was my, yeah, I thought for sure Kevin Spacey wanted to do my butt. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what he did was a lot of it sounds like it was really, really wrong, but it's, Still very flattering if you were a man of age and he didn't just. Right, I wouldn't have minded if a lot. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have minded if he ever grabbed my dick, but I respect other people's right to be offended by that. Oh sure, even if you were the what the prince of uh, was it the prince of Norway or something? Did you hear at the Nobel Peace Prize award? He was like, hey, you want to go have a cigarette? And the guy's like, fuck, I'll go have a cigarette with Kevin Spacey. And he's like, cool, honk honk. (laughs) That's a great move. I mean, (laughs) the thing. Also, I think, and I don't want to speak for Kevin Spacey, and I certainly don't want to sound like I'm defending anybody who assaults people. Of course, but I bet you there's a real sincere, just for my friends who are regular everyday Joes that are that are gay. In that period when you're not out, when you're in the closet, it creates a lot of like self shame and and confusion, and there's a lot of really really severe emotions and 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 feelings and thinking that goes on. You t- God, imagine how hard it is if you're an A-list superstar mm-hmm. and you have to live this weird facade. And yeah. I'm not saying it led to anything or that I, it's an excuse. Roundabout sort of way, he's the victim is he what is, you're saying. He is, in fact, yes. <laughs> Hollywood made him the victim. Yes. <laughs> so we're talking about the, news, the most 2017 stories of 2017. I've compiled a bunch that grabbed me in chronological order. Feel free to... Um, to uh, add any to these as we go. Do you have the president free throwing paper towels to people in Puerto Rico? Because that was the most bizarre thing. I wanted to see, I kind of made a little game for myself of seeing how much I could keep Donald Trump out of the story mm-hmm. of 2017, yeah. despite the fact that he is like the Kaiser Soze of news. Yeah. Everything somehow leads a breadcrumb, a breadcrumb trail back to him. The first one is 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 a very very direct route, and that is on January twenty second when Kellyanne Conway used the phrase "alternative facts" to justify Sean Spicer. In and of John Spicer is a walking talking like meme of 2017 sure. in a, you know time capsule just put him in the time capsule and that's what 2017 was the weird thing about Kellyanne Conway talking using alternative facts to defend Spicer defending Trump's claim that he'd had the biggest greatest inauguration of all time is i actually thought that people were pouncing on her at the time when what she had done was a fairly obvious slip of the lip yeah. She meant to say, well, you have the information you're going off of. We have alternate information. And maybe that was a lie, but alternative facts, I didn't feel like she meant in the Orwellian sense. But then she kind of backed it, backed it in up. an Orwellian kind of way. But even slips of the tongue, they don't. you can't do that now. Yeah. I, I, Jenna Bush Hager is the one that comes to mind. She, at the Oscars, said hidden fences instead of hidden figures. And there's another movie nominated called Fences. And she just said Hidden Fences. And it was as if she announced wearing a pointy 
white cap that she hates black people. You know, like that's the way that. Oh, is that the two? Twitter, is that the yeah. two black movies yeah. conflated? She gotcha. so, so it's like a, we're all the same to you. Is that the? You know, and she she clearly <laughs> black Twitter has got to calm the fuck down. Yeah. And so you know, even slips of the tongue, which are that one is a a rather understandable one. Mm-hmm. It doesn't fly anymore, man. Well, and again, she did back down. She did double down on it, and she explained. She had some bizarre explanation for it, rather than just saying, "Come on, you assholes, I misspoke." And then, like three days later, she made reference to what was like the Bowling Green massacre, which is again not something that she completely made up out of whole cloth, but was wildly misleading. Big facts wrong and wildly wrong. And the thing about that is, um, as a left leaning person, I don't mind saying, at that time. There seemed to be something in the air that this administration might be deceitful, evil, and competent, and that was very, very terrifying to me. Now I see them as this somewhat evil but bumbling enterprise. And I was just afraid that they were going to be able to pull off that, you know, that that 1984 came and went and everybody was like, we made it. And now here it was in 2017, it was actually going to happen. And I remember reading stories that, and I tried to be as objective as I possibly could. And I reached out to Trump people and they, and I, they talked me off the fence. And then when I'd hear, Oh, he doesn't trust the, uh, the uh, the Secret Service, he's going to continue traveling with his security detail that he used during. And his security detail was headed by a guy who had retweeted all sorts of conspiracy theories and also was said to have Trump's ear. And I'm like, okay, this is fucking Hitler. Yeah. This is just straight up Hitler shit that's happening here. And I know – and. I don't know. I, I at this point in time, I, I very very quickly got past, and I never thought he was Hitler, but the the notion cr- started creeping into my mind. Well, and I never, certainly never, and I try just like you said, Tully, to be as objective as possible. I'm not going to immediately everything Trump does is wrong and yeah. terrible, and it destroys the world. Yeah. But and the people who feel that way kill themselves, shoot themselves in the foot because they obscure the terrible, awful, demonstrably wrong things Trump does by pretending even the neutral and okay things he does right. are just as wrong. Right. Yeah. The three percent increase in the GDP since he's taken over. Well, that's because yeah. he's stealing money from yeah Jewish investors because he hates Jews and it's anti-Semitism. You know the, the economy's yeah. doing really, really well yeah. because Barack Obama, like many other world leaders, uh, skillfully, cra- craftily maneuvered out of the 2008, you know, near disaster, Collapsing. and and put the economy on the right track, and then. A super pro business guy intent on deregulating everything just lifted it became up. Yeah. so you put those two things together yeah. and and I would more often than not say you can never give like when Clinton had the Clinton years you really had to of course he got credit because people are dumb but the credit for that truly belonged to Reagan Bush the, the, pre- the current president is always really enjoying or suffering the successes and failures of the yeah. previous administration in this case I'm more than willing to give Donald Trump half the credit sure. Because of who he is, I'm sorry. But I cut you, you, off. you do, you do shoot. Like you said, you shoot yourself in the foot because Donald Trump provides plenty of things to yeah. pick on. Yeah, come on. And, uh, but I, I do think that, like you said, he. I, I looked at him at at least one point as Hitler. Clearly, no, Donald Trump is not going to gas six million people. He's not Hitler. But at the same time, I never suspected that, of course. Yeah. But at the same time, there is a lot of you know this this Bannon Breitbart connection with, mm-hmm. like you said, his head, his security detail. Um, there's third Reichy stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's you know there Fuck is yeah, third Reichy little weird things, you know, and and it's uh, it's just such a a strange time, and I don't understand how I, as a guy who likes to read the news every day and try to at least give some type of insight to it or, or my opinion, um, I don't know how we can go back to a normal reasonable world where we all just say okay yes there's some corruption in in washington dc uh i understand my tax money isn't necessarily going to everything i wanted to go to but we live in a great country and we're free and this is nice and we've gotten to the point where everything is on super defcon one panic mode and Mm -hmm. I, i don't know how we put that cat back in the bag well it seems to me that the only thing that could do that and this is i'll admit a long shot is so many of the um the um not just the 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 casts of powerful people mm-hmm. that we have have been so exposed and are so uh nobody trusts them nobody likes them they're increasingly being exposed as criminals the only thing that could really happen is for 
a new generation of leadership to emerge that that we trust more and we know just wasn't raised in that whole like ah oh, grab him by the pussy kind of yeah. kind of world but i don't i don't but see, then I, if you look at the two parties i i certainly don't see I've never felt more in my lifetime that we could actually, truly, really, seriously see the emergence of a viable third-party third party. candidate. I agree that with that. And it happened. 100%, and it happened in yeah. France. And for people who don't know this guy, I don't know how well he's doing. I don't care about France, but this Macron guy had never like run for office or whatever. He had some little government job before, but he was nobody. And but what's just as significant about his movement created a party, and like a year later, it swept the elections. And people, I mean, like school teachers. And real estate agents became the equivalent of like congressmen and congresswomen because right. they just cleaned out the political caste and of France. It's it's so you know cliche and kind of pablum to say that, but you know that's kind of what our forefathers were. Yeah, you know oh, the yeah. intention of us mm-hmm. having career politicians is a little bit yeah. It's it's you know it's kind of science fiction the idea that you this is what you devote your life to. You know, the only thing I can really hang my hopes on at this point is. I, when things are going good, it is impossible really to gain the momentum to change anything. And in bad times and in chaotic times, there is an opportunity for radical change. Yeah. Unfortunately, it seems like radical bad change happens a lot more easily than radical good change, at least of the sustaining, sustainable kind. Right. But we are in or near a moment like that but right now. But then the real elites, the real, real elites of the elites, the yeah. Warren Buffetts, the Bill Gates mm-hmm. – um, Bezos, these guys, they're not these tyrannical kind no. of strange, you know, evil Mm-mm. dictator types, you know. So that does give me hope that yes. after 30 years of mm-hmm. Bill Gates having yeah. way more money than everyone else in the world, he's just giving $20 billion a year to Africa and keeping quiet. And they're not of... William Randolph Hearst right. and Andrew Carnegie. And, and so at least above, above, above this, this layer of you know, powerful men that we know are grabbing by the pussy types. Yeah. There's those guys to always at least somewhat regulate not destroying ourselves. You know? Yeah. So maybe there is hope. Uh, up to uh, April, this is far less substantial than anything we've talked about so far, but I do consider this most definitely a uh, 2017 time capsule kind of news story. A um, a Kardashian, namely Kendall Jenner, brought police protesters and brown people together to share a pepsi (laughs) not much really to be said about that other than uh yeah man there's a lot of stuff there that i'm gonna my kid i guess what i'm getting at is my kid will see that video maybe someday in like 15 years and be like what the fuck and i'll be like yeah dude that's what we said too yeah actually there were very few things people agreed on in 2017 but that was one of them but at the same time though it was it was stupid, and it was, and it made no sense why they would even invest the money in it, and blah blah blah. It still was just a dumb Pepsi commercial, and yet the new form of media, the social media, mm-hmm. created it, cre- created this idea that oh, wealthy elites, the young, they really do look down on minorities, and this is just thumbing your nose at Ferguson. It's like mm-hmm. no, Kendall Jenner got a call, yeah, and they offered her um, seven million dollars to hold a Pepsi to a cop. Right. And this is going to be the first of many things, many times that I'll say this in relation to this big stories of 2017. So many things became proxy wars where we weren't arguing about the thing so much as that set off deeply held resentment. Yeah. That, that was the, it's like, you know, why did World War One start over, you know, wh- why did it start? Because Archduke Franz Ferdinand got assassinated. Okay, fine. Why the fuck did that cause a world war? <laughs> right. Well, because everybody was already super pissed at each other yeah. and all it took, why, why does one, 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 why does one leader, ugly sentence at Thanksgiving dinner start the whole family arguing? Is because everybody already had guns drawn. One failed assassin coming out of a sandwich shop did not create yeah. hatred between 20 countries you know right in april richard simmons went public to tell everybody that he was alive and basically well to dispel rumors that he had been uh, alternately held hostage and or was transitioning to a woman behind the closed doors of his beverly hills mansion <laughs> and the person who made this a story or the thing that made this a story was a podcast yeah that is where, in the same way that Hannibal Burris somehow start <laughs> made the tiny snowball that became the Bill Clinton, the Bill Cosby thing, in a roundabout sort of way, 
you can tie a line from Hannibal Burris to Harvey Weinstein and hashtag Me Too, mm-hmm. and uh, the, 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 the the accusers are the time people of the year. It's you're totally right, and but this is the the podcast with the Richard Simmons stuff mm-hmm. is my in my opinion an example of how the internet and everyone having access to media is a beautiful thing. Like the, it was just so clever and creative. I don't know what's going on really with Richard Simmons, but the fact that just a dude could start recording and going to Richard Simmons' house and talking to the maid over in an intercom, and then it becomes this mm-hmm. phenomena. Mm-hmm. It's, it really is kind of awesome, you know. Yeah, it, it is from a purely artistic, creative, you know, entertainment point <laughs> of view. It is so cool that I was in a shitty band. And and all we thought about was like, man, we've got to get a record deal. We've got to get the labels to see us, and then they'll discover us, and then we'll get a deal. Because there were these massive gatekeepers, and it was completely understood that it's very much, I think, how like um, the Greeks and the Romans understood the gods, is that they were very fickle. You yeah. catch them on the right day, and it might work out for you. And nowadays... And I'm still waiting for the podcast that really is, I've said it a million times, like the Wayne's World. I'm still waiting for the person who's just in their house, no media experience, no connection to media. Right. That's a good point. Interior yeah. city that just becomes a fucking juggernaut. And now maybe maybe the answer is that many YouTube celebrities are that. Mm-hmm. But there's nobody stopping. And these things can happen fast. Okay, the Richard Simmons guy was in the business and was a friend of Richard Simmons. That's a great way to treat your friend. That's a, yeah. whole, different, <laughs> that's a whole different story. But that guy went from being someone no one had heard of to being having like a, a top five podcast so it just goes to show you the age that we're living in where yeah. if you got a thing give it a shot man. i i was uh raised I, I i was a terrible skater so i'm not trying to say that like i was in the crew but i was raised with the people and i i culturally was very affiliated with like the guys who started and founded big brother mm-hmm. and i remember in 1995 trying to make a skate video like i was i was there on the ground floor and to be able to see kids now just Hide, I'm you know walk by Venice Skate Park and it's just in their pocket. They have like a high def camera and they're able to chrono, you know chronologically show their progression. They can film themselves. They can film themselves trying to nail a trick. They can film their buddy and and that that is and then like you said from the from the band point of view, how many bands now just they don't let that dream die because they they say listen let's just make our MySpace page better let's get that concert footage from last night let's get it up people will like that yep you hit the you know you hit the Instagram I got the Twitter there's something very DIY and cool about that you know yeah I agree with everything you said except for the MySpace bit yeah <laughs> well is it isn't MySpace still like a, a music Based. Aren't the kids? Is that cool? Is MySpace cool again? I don't think it's cool. I think it's just that for bands. That's it's what they tried so to rebrand viable. themselves. Yeah. Uh, okay, I don't know if that was actually. I don't know working. if that's true or not either. <laughs> I could have picked any point in 2017. I went with May as the point when Russia, the comeback kid, somehow yeah. matters again in the American dialogue and in American politics. I picked May because that is when um, James Comey was fired. Because yeah. of whatever we don't, but that I, I'm completely leaving the Russia investigation out of it. What I'm actually getting at is the fact that Russia is a is the boogeyman of American politics again. Just like when we were kids. Just like when we were kids for for different reasons, but for reasons we are led to believe might be uh, even worse. Because when it came down to it, nobody was actually going to nuke each other. Right. But all it takes is. If you know you want a net neutrality vote, well, actually, no. All the all the online pe- petitioning came from bots on this side. No, it was on the other side. Is banking up fake profiles to represent the sorts of um, to embody and personify the sorts of um, positions that anger the other side to further to further divisions. Mm-hmm. Supposedly, what aboutism? is like essentially a Russian, they were the first ones to really like, they didn't think of it, but to really capitalize it in an organized way is, oh, oh, Donald Trump? Well, what about Hillary? Oh, oh, really? Well, Comey? Well, what about Al Franken? Yeah, and you can't slow that down. No. You know, if you're that powerful and that you have that much force on the internet, mm-hmm. it spreads, and it spreads just like the wildfires here in California because that wind is powerful, and it just goes, and it's unbelievable how... Mm-hmm. How I mean, how dangerous the world can be when you start to weaponize the internet, you know? Do you, if you were a betting man, mm-hmm. will 
because it is still Twitter. It's funny. I know Facebook is bigger, and I know Snapchat has had their move, and I know Facebook Facebook's actually bigger. Let's say Facebook and Twitter, mm-hmm. because they're the places where people exchange, for lack of a better word, ideas. Yeah. Will people either start to realize it's counterproductive or just simply tire of it or like do, you, do would if you had to bet will twitter and facebook become significantly less popular because of this shit in the next 12 18 months i would hope so i would hope one so would hope yeah but, 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 I, but would you bet well for me i i definitely had to take a good look in the mirror and realize that it's it's not helping as much as it's harming mm-hmm. and i took you know these these media outlets these social media outlets off of my phone that was like the first so am i you know i still have an instagram account i still have a twitter account but if i wasn't in the industry i don't think i would i really don't i don't i, I agree with that i agree with that and and i just don't know if you're growing up in this world if you're a 15 year old kid now mm-hmm. where having pictures of you be critiqued by strangers is just part of your life i don't know if you're going to have that ability to disconnect from it because it it there's how is that wrong you know it's like uh, you and i in little league it's just having a facebook account for a teenager is just part of life you know i don't know how we'd get that next generation to do it is it easy for a four-year-old guy you and i can you know sit down and be like it's taken away from my family time it's taken away from my job i well, because at- because we've known life before it yeah you know i don't know if you don't if you have that ability either that or kids just you know every generation thinks the one before them was stupid and sucked yeah. and and maybe maybe we can just hope for these are these are a lot of hail mary passes we're throwing yeah. here today as we look forward to 2018 but maybe kids will say man all you guys did was sit around staring at your fucking phone i it's, Fuck candy it's really crush. Fuck Fuck Snapchat. It's really worse than, and I hate to sell my parents out, but it's really, uh, mostly my mom. I hate, it's worse than even booze was for me as a kid. You know, like, at least my mom was at my soccer game watching. Yeah, it was kind of shitty that, you know, or uh, not necessarily like a a soccer game, but if I was in the backyard playing with like a friend, I would like it if my mom was interacting, but she was sitting down having a glass of wine or, or smoking a cigarette or something. It's way worse when I look at like the kids park nowadays, and not only are the parents not, engaging they're staring at a screen that isn't looking at their kids at least my mom would look over in the direction while she puffed on a schmed you know yeah well the only thing i'll say about that is that kids playing is super fucking boring and they want to do it for a really long time what i try to do is just keep a couple magazines in the car because i've heard and i subscribe to the the theory even if it's only a placebo theory that it is much better for just our overall holistic well-being in our brain and what have you to read than to look at even to read on the phone yeah so i at least try to like fuck my kid when he's running around chasing girls on a playground i can i don't need to interact with that and it, it gives me douche chills when i see parents who do want to be too involved yeah, with they that get to, to jack blackie where it's like yeah i'm one of the kids yeah but i would rather i would rather uh um and caring too much when the kids fall down and get little you know scrapes and stuff like that but i, I try to read when i'm there read a magazine rather i than, do think there's a difference i'm not just saying that you yeah. know because your point there's a difference between looking at a screen something mm-hmm. about looking i actually feel like i retain more information too when i read the paper or yes. read uh yeah a book in mm-hmm. comparison to yep. you know like a kindle or yep website in august one michelle carter got 15 months in prison prison um for having texted her boyfriend to bully him i'm gonna call use the word bullying there uh to commit suicide yeah it's a rough one. Yeah, I think people know about this. Uh, you can't think about it. You just have to do it. You said you were going to do it. Dozens of texts were sent like this. And that's a really good 2017 story because a lot of times I saw it popping up, whether it be um, whether it be uh, police-involved shooting um, or uh, some type of celebrity fight, um, there was always – at least seemingly from my point of view, there was a complete inability for people to feel sorry for both parties involved. Like, yes, of course, I feel way more sorry for the family of the kid who killed himself. But I feel bad for the girl that has to be, she's that young and she's that ill. Like, what was her life like where she's just like flippantly like, you dude, follow through here. And every time I would say something like that, I, I remember there was the kids who beat up on the mentally developed uh, child and they they filmed it you know that was a big story it's a big scandal for a while and I was like oh quick listen I'm not trying to 
make comparisons here. I feel horrible for that poor developmentally disabled kid. But man, what life did those kids have where they're 14 year old kids beating up on a retarded kid and filming it? You know, it made me feel bad. And like people like, how dare? I'm sure, I'm sure it's a lot worse for that family of the kid. And I go, I know that. That goes without saying. But it it goes without saying, and I fucking said it. Yeah. There's a a real inability for people. I feel sorry for Aaron Hernandez. I mean, he did horrible things, and then he ended up having a horrible end to his life, and he tragically destroyed a lot of people's lives. Yeah. But, man, he had the world by the balls. He came from nothing. He had yeah. a horrible upbringing, and uh-huh. he got out of it. Right. And he still was so tethered to that. And I felt bad for the guy. I said that on the air. You would have thought I was... I just feel badly for uh, Patriots fans. That would have been an unprecedentedly sick double tight end formation. Either one of those guys was a game changer put together. People completely forget about that part of the Aaron Hernandez saga is because what's his face? Who's the other dude? Uh, Gronkowski. Yeah, Gronk gets hurt all the time. So I can remember games where Gronk wasn't there and it was Aaron, and now Aaron was Gronk. Gronk's a champion, by the way. How's that? Because... Yeah, you guys seem like you'd get along. Because it's so taboo to just unashamedly bang everything that comes your way mm-hmm. and brag about it and mm-hmm. he's like I'm Gronk if I see you and you're attractive in the club you're coming home with me Good for and him. I'm going to put a picture of it up yeah. and then I'm going to bang a chick, new chick the next night and all these chicks they, they play along and they don't have anything negative to say about it he's just think, like an old school do you think he gets consent videos because I heard that the Michael Irvin um, Cowboys that that became a That's thing a, is they would maybe. have camcorders this is before yeah. smartphones and it would be like hey what's up y'all I'm so and so and you know I've had a couple of drinks but I'm not shit faced and I, I came back to Nate Newton's um, uh, uh, hotel room right and I'm super down for 310 pounds of I Nate Newton be to get on top of me I wouldn't be surprised especially because he, he has an iPhone it's not as if he has to carry a camcorder or even do anything special it seems like such a difficult thing to broach but I bet it would get easier the more you do it yep. you'd yep. figure out a rap for that yep you know, I think that if when, you're going home with Gronk, I don't think you can be that offended that he wants uh, a consent video. And the feeling those guys have when they come out of a tunnel on a Sunday makes them capable of probably doing a lot of stuff. Same with like we always go like, how did even how did Mick Jagger even broach that situation? Trust me, when you're singing Satisfaction in front of seventy thousand people, yeah. everything else in life gets the the volume turned down. You know? Yeah, I always think of that story that who was it? The uh, uh, was it Mackenzie Phillips? I think child of wilson phillips the older sister on one day at a time papa john phillips right he was the one who was maybe was it her or i I thought it was like bijou but then i looked it up not that long ago anyway it was one of those kids the molestation stuff no no that one of those kids um the the dad's hanging out the rock star dad is hanging out drinking maybe doing blow with mick jagger and it's going on all night and it's wild and at a certain point the dad's like i'm gonna go get another bottle of wine and he goes in the other room and Mick Jagger just locks the door and turns around to the to the kid who's 18 and goes, oh, I've been waiting for this moment since you were 14 years old. Uh, and then does it. And I think she just talked about it on Howard Stern. I think yeah. it's the reason the world knows it. And they, you know, did he use a condom? She goes, he's Mick fucking he's Mick Jagger. Jagger. Are you yeah. kidding me? He didn't use a condom. Which to me is, so, I'll take your word for it. That sounds great. But like if I'm Mick Jagger, I don't want... I don't want 135 children, no. and that's a good way to get them. And I don't want to have uncomfortable, uh, costly abortion conversations either. I would be using condoms, or at least pulling out if I were Mick Jagger. But apparently, that's not how Mick Jagger. Or rolls. like making it rain the morning after pill, like just, just, just yeah, right, right. Didn't exist dousing. at the time. Oh but yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, oh, these pussies, these pussies today. I have no idea how easy for them. What, what with, what with prep and the morning after pill. Seriously, in my day, we had children and got AIDS, and we liked it. <laughs> 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 we were real men back then. <laughs> uh, and the one other thing that I wanted to touch on with, well, two things quickly in the few minutes that remain to us about the chick who, um, you know, bullied her her uh, her boyfriend into committing suicide. Well, three things. One is that I think we all kind of knew a girl like that in high school. She's not. Uh, she, it's the extent to which she was that chick. She wasn't. Um, it was the degree, not the kind of girl that she was. I definitely... There's some girls that are and boys that are, yeah. like we all knew the guy who was. 30% better morally than the kids who beat up the yeah. retarded kid. And then we all knew the girl who was almost this evil in right. the exact same I way. I definitely think I went to high school with girls who would have done that to another girl. Yeah. I don't know if I know the if I knew the chick that would have done it to her boyfriend. But I definitely think that there were some mean girls in my high school mm-hmm. that would have 
pushed another chick to kill himself. But that brings us to the next point I wanted to make, which is we live in a world where you can become a local hero of sorts through the online sympathy that you get. Yeah. Because I think if I remember correctly with this particular chick, when she thought when as soon as he did it, she then immediately flipped her her persona and Don't went on Facebook and was me. just like you know, he's just such a lovely soul and I'll always keep a part of him inside of me. And yeah. there may have been a GoFundMe. Ooh. I don't, I don't, I might be making that part up. Well, there was, there was two uh, young men that committed suicide during my time in high school, at my high school. Mm. And both of their girlfriends definitely, I think justifiably, you know, got a lot of sympathy. But then, yeah. a, you know, you started to sense that they were milking it a little bit. If they had Facebook back then. Uh-huh. I think it would have been yeah. a little bit out of control. You know? Well, that's a part of Heather's. They yeah. didn't. You didn't need Facebook for that. The yeah. movie. The movie that's Heather's. Yeah, and then uh, just the bullying thing in general. Your kid's a little young for it, but my kid's in kindergarten, and it's not even Christmas, and they've already had bullying week where they have you know a bunch of rad BMX dudes come by to tell them you know riding bikes is cool, bullying not cool. Yeah. And it's interesting because he's a little dude, and and they learned things in um in in broad strokes, and then you then you refine it from there. But I've already heard, oh, so and so bullied me at school, and I, well, what did he do? And he's oh, he called me an asshole, and you're like, that's not, that's not yeah. see, and and I'm gonna go ahead and blame the school for that. The the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Obviously, when you're motivating people to kill themselves, let's not get crazy. But that, that's bullying. I think we can that's all agree. Bullying. <laughs> but. As far as like bullying, like legitimate, just old fashioned bullying goes, I feel like there was a lot of value in it. I mean, I really do mm-hmm. think I learned a lot from when I was a freshman going back to school the day after like seniors were like, oh, we're going to kick the shit out of you. I want you yeah. to know that. And I'd be like, Phew. and I couldn't sleep the night before. And there was something about like mm-hmm. looking at myself in the mirror and going to school the next day and subsequently then not getting my ass kicked, but at least confronting the notion of. Yeah. Well, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. The problem is sometimes bullying can kill you. Kill you. you. Yeah. Yeah. On that note, this On has been great. Note. Thank you, Mike Catherwood. We have we've gotten through like a third of the things that <laughs> I prepared. Do you want to do? Do you want to do another one of these? Sure. Okay. Maybe I'm we'll, down. Maybe we'll get you back in here next week. Uh, in the meantime, thanks as always. Happy holidays to you and anybody listening to this. You're at Mike Catherwood. Yes, sir. <laughs>